Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? It's Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Hey, everybody. WNBA Nation. Kyle Haywood here. I hope you're all doing well. Um, I'm going to be straight. I'm really tired of watching. I'm not tired of watching basketball, but I'm tired from watching basketball. All right, let's, let's just get that out of the way. But I'm not too tired to sit down with my good friend, Logan Jones, tonight. What's up, Logan? Dude, things are so good. Um, I, I woke up at like 7 this morning for the first time in months um, <laughs> to report, to, report to, to Logan's new job, day one. Um, I, for whatever reason, I can't raise my right arm like above like – 30 degrees so like something in my shoulders killing me but like none of it mattered uh because because it was just a good day they had some good vibes felt like uh you know what it was it felt like the first normal sports day in like six months because (laughs) nothing weird happened yeah uh especially in the league i think that we're actually (laughs) part of what we're gonna address part of what we're gonna address is that uh you know, we do, usually these like uh, Wednesday night pods, we're going to basically break down like the previous like six games, like each team's latest game and break it down. And I was kind of ex- like, oh man, like waiting to see like what's the storyline that's going to come from this. And there's, I'm not, don't get me wrong. There's some storylines, but we just talked about this in pre-record. There's not surprises. Like... <laughs> None of yeah, the teams like, that won oh, or lost this weekend, like the, the last two days, have like, oh wow, that's surprising. I think the closest one that that you brought up was maybe Dallas and Connecticut, but I don't even. I, 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 I if I was putting money down in Vegas, I'm putting it on Connecticut. So I can't, don't know if I can even call that an upset, right? Yeah. So the, the when we last recorded, it was Monday night, right? So we talked about Chicago and the Seattle game and like just how dominant Seattle looked since then there's been six games and it's funny to me that even in like a short season, like 22 games is like hardly a season. It's like a quarter of an NBA season. There's still days where it's just like, all right, like the teams that are good are just collecting W's. Like mm-hmm. there's just some of those days where you're like, Oh yeah. The things that you think are going to happen, like the normalcy, like the, the good teams beating the bad team. That's, most of the time, that's what you're going to get. And the last two days were just some of those days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I guess you could probably make an argument as well for Phoenix and Chicago because they were you know, pretty similar in record. Phoenix was yeah, you know, playing well. But, but she, and I, I think Chicago, coming off a, a loss to Seattle, though, I think they came hungry and angry into this game a little more than what, Phoenix was. Let's start there. So – Phoenix go there, yeah. Chicago by 18, uh, which the final score makes it look like a lot more than it was. I, right. Um, but again, like not, there's nothing surprising about seeing James Wade's comments on Monday after the storm embarrassed them. Uh, and they were embarrassed. And tonight with the return of Steph Dolson and kind of a, a fire lit under them, handling the Phoenix Mercury, um, letting the Phoenix back into it a little bit in the fourth quarter, but ultimately just handling business. That's, that's exactly what they should do. And they're a good team. So they did do it. And I don't think we should hold it against them that they're like performing to our expectations because those expectations are high. Um, But man, what a, what a difference in Chicago sky teams over the last 72 hours. Yeah, for sure. Um, And what, what was surprising to me was, even though yeah like the the final score again it was it was closer than the final score indicates but like chicago doesn't have a like a good box score even like i didn't realize this as i was as i was kind of watching through it you know it was actually on while i was trying to uh coach uh my my daughter in soccer and you know get some food and so i was kind of in and out of this game a little bit but i didn't realize that Chicago, who generally speaking is a pretty good like three point shooting team, had one three made on the night. 
and still came out with you know nearly 90 points like that's that's impressive that's impressive um but when you shoot 20 free throws that is that that makes up pretty significant for that yeah the the thing i took away most of all from chicago was it's another good night for kalia copper um who's become kind of I, I I mentioned this before. There's some players that I just keep kind of daily notes on. Um, right. They get themselves on a very short list of like, I want to know how they did today. If I if I don't catch all the game or before I go rewatch a game, I'll spoil myself a little bit and be like, ah, I wonder what happened there. Leah Copper, 32 minutes, six of eight shooting. Um, didn't take many threes. Nobody did. Uh, but ended up with 16 points on the game. Uh, it looks like two steals and three rebounds. So just kind of a... Not a loud night, but just another one of those like, oh, she's like a really key piece of this really good team. Right. Uh, like you, we talked about Quigley and Vandersloot and Diamond to Shields all off season, um, and it it looks like Diamond to Shields is slowly working her way into like the full Diamond to Shields experience, but she's still not there yet. The Diamond to Shields experience. I'm <laughs> totally going to whatever show or concert that is like you'll know it when it gets here (laughs) yeah i'm i'm so down (laughs) so good is is copper has has filled those minutes and done really well but you'll know when when we get the full to shields when when that diamond shines more brightly than normal like that's i'm excited for all-star diamond to shields to play (laughs) oh for sure um so I want to bring something up here because tonight and the night before it was kind of an interesting night for some of our MVP discussions that we brought up uh, uh, on our last episode, right? For example, um, Asia Wilson has 12 points, which is good, and 11 rebounds. She probably did arguably the best of the of the ones that we were talking about, right? Um, Candace Parker had a, had a pretty good game, 16 points, six boards, four assists, like solid, solid. But she also had six turnovers. But then you look at some of these other, other players that we were bringing up as far as you know, MVP race and whatnot. Um, and you look at like a, a player like Brittany Griner tonight with nine points, went three for 11 from the field, minus 18 on the plus minus. Like not a great game from Brittany. Um, and then Seattle, Bree Stewart had nine boards, but only was able to come up with seven points on one of five shooting from the field. Uh, luckily, she had several free throws that got her seven points. Um, so here's a question for you, Logan. And it's, I'm only bringing this up because it seemed to be a, a less than stellar like game, like overall game set from those who we just were talking about just last episode why like will how much of an impact will like rest or like playing this many games so close have on the statistics that play so heavily into an mvp candidacy or rookie of the year candidacy or any sort of season awards what are your what are your thoughts on this uh i believe it will still be one of those, you know, two or three players that we were talking about. And, and for instance, let's, let's take Bree Stewart as an example, seven yeah. points tonight, relatively quiet on the offensive end. She did have nine rebounds um, and was, was assisting players here and there. And it, it was just a night where they didn't need her because they won by almost 40. Right. Um, I think if games like that happen on the way to Seattle, snagging the one seed and only losing a handful of games across the season, I think they're going to give Bree the MVP. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. She's forgiven when she'll yeah, she only played twenty four points. There will definitely be arguments for you know if if Asia has more nights where she's got to go in order for them to win, um, or you know Vandersloot or Candice or whoever, um, you could definitely argue that like the stats matter and they had a bigger impact on the team. But I tend to think that if if Seattle continues to look as dominant as they've looked right now, it looks like nobody can beat them. Um, and we, we know they'll, they'll drop a couple because nobody other than like the, you know, the Houston Comets back in the day, <laughs> nobody runs train on the entire league all the time. But the way that Seattle's playing right now is like, we are thinking championship. And if we have the opportunity to sit Bree and get her some rest, especially with some of the, the ankle injuries and to, to, to a lot of the rookies that we talked about last episode, uh, I think that was a wake up call 
that's telling coaches these players are getting pushed a little bit past their limit and their bodies like need that rest if they can spare it. Um, and Seattle is playing well enough that they can, they can get Bree Stewart. But if she has to go on a given night in order to get them the win, she can. Um, and I, I think voters will understand that and probably not dock players who are resting, um, whether they're down 20 or up 20. I don't think it's going to impact the final voting all that much. I like that. I like that take. And I probably agree with you uh, the majority of the way through that. Um, but it is something that is kind of curious, you know, something that to look at. I think that there, we're going to start to see a little bit of load management. We're not quite to, uh, we're not quite to the midway point. You know, we've played what eight or nine games depending on the team. And I think there's 13 or 14 left. So we're, we're approaching that midway point in the seat already, which is nuts. I feel like we literally just started. Well, on the one hand, I feel like we just started. On the other hand, I'm like, I've done nothing but watch WNBA <laughs> basketball for like a month now, even though it's only been like two weeks. Um, it's, it's, there's so much, and I'm loving it. Um, but uh, we're approaching that halfway point. I feel like we're going to start to see some of that load management maybe come into play just because you've got to – you've got to stay somewhat healthy and energized as you approach a playoff spot. So I think you will start to see teams, perhaps some of those top tier teams like Seattle, Vegas, uh, Chicago, Minnesota, like you may see Sylvia Fowles getting some additional rest or, you know, uh, Allie Quigley uh, getting, getting uh, a few less minutes out on the, on the floor and whatnot, just simply for the fact that, Hey, like let's not run them ragged. Um, especially if the game seems to be pretty well in hand. I think if you're a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, a lot of times you're going to see starters, you know, sitting a little bit extra um, just because you just have to in, in the type of season that we're running. Um, but I like it. I love that take. Um, speaking of Sylvia Fowles and the Minnesota Lynx, let's take a look at that game because – it was probably the worst performance offensively I've seen from a team was what Washington put together um, against Minnesota. That was very bad. Um, we were talking about the trend line of Washington and how they were just spiked way up and they're playing as good as anybody. And then, you know, all of a sudden we blink and they've lost five in a row now. Um, if they, if they lose again, they could, they could realistically drop from now they're down to number seven. They could drop clear out of the playoffs and down into like a 10 or 11 seed without much like going on. If they lose another game or two they're that's what they're looking at. Um, which is crazy to me because they, they came out so hot. I thought that we were really going to maybe see something from this mystic team, but it is crazy, but it also, <laughs> if you told me like, Oh, they're not going to have Deladon and they're going to lose games by 20, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, like that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, well, yeah. You no know Deladon, no Christy Tolliver. You, Tina yeah. Charles, who you signed in the offseason, isn't there. Like that's three like all-star level players that are not playing for you, that you were, you know, as of last season, well, you know, or as of last season slash offseason, like those, those three were all kind of in your mix. Um, and now they're all gone. <laughs> like it, it does make sense, but dude, forty-eight points. That's that's not enough points, Kyle. That's I want to. If any of you who are listening, I know there's several of you who are like really into like WNBA stats. How many teams have ever won a game scoring forty-eight points? I would love to find that out. <laughs> if how many games have been won by scoring only 48 points 50 in fact let's just go 50 points or less if anybody scored 50 points or less and has won a game i want to know what team that was and i want to know who their opponent was uh like washington i'm sorry and i'm not trying to dog too hard on the defending champs but goodness that was not good that was that was poor you know um, what it's going to look like it's it might be a little premature, but I think one or two games from now it's going to be like you know what, the Mystics won it all last year. Now we're in the bubble. We don't have our best player. This is a uh, we're going to punt. We're going to punt. <laughs> I, I you feel that the players aren't going to try to win. I don't mean the coaches aren't going to try to coach. I just mean as fans, your expectations 
after those first three games were like, hell yeah, let's run it back. And now it's going to be like, we're going to bask in what was a dream season and, and like a great finals and an MVP Deladon performance to win us our first championship. And if you, you know, if there was ever a time to suck, it's the year after you beat everybody's butts. So that's true. I mean, look at—we saw the Warriors do that, right? In in the NBA, yeah. we, we saw the Red Sox do it every time they win the World Series. They just blow up their team. They're like, "Well, <laughs> we don't have to be good for another five years." Don't. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's true. And I, again, I'm not trying to be like ripping on the Mystics too hard here. I totally understand when you don't have Deladon, you don't have Tina Charles. Uh, you don't have Natasha Cloud, right? Like those three players who in the offseason you were considering that that was going to be three, like three of your main core players, big time players are, uh, you know, none of them are, are playing. I, I get it. I totally get it. And I am, I'm not upset at all about those players sitting out for any of the reasons that those three players are sitting out. It's just, that was rough. That was a rough game to watch. That was, that one I'm not going to lie, was just kind of a, well, we're going to get through this one kind of a type of a game for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, Crystal Dangerfield still putting in putting in some serious work, um, you know, dropping 12 and 4. But here's the thing. She didn't have a crazy stat line. Her plus minus was 24. That's huge. That's huge. And, again, I, we're not – like plus minus doesn't tell all the story. But if you got a rookie point guard with a plus 24 – you know, plus minus you're taking that every day of the week. Yeah. And like, that's, that's just a great performance from her. Sylvia Faust continuing to do what she does. 16 points, 13 rebounds. Nafisa Collier with, with only eight points, but she pulled down uh, 12 rebounds herself. Like this Minnesota team didn't have to put up the points. They just had to take care of business. And, uh, and they did, I mean, they held Washington to four points in the whole fourth quarter. So, I mean, yeah, like they're going to, they, they they played extremely extremely well in that fourth quarter to pull away and make sure that that was not uh, that 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 game was not going to be in question. Any other takes on that? Did I did I come down too hard on Washington? No, I okay. I, <laughs> I think Minnesota is really good, and they've proven after those first four games we weren't really sure, and you know five or six games in we were starting to think you know they're they're sticking with that pack out in front, and now I think it's it's really come it's become clear that they are a, a team that's at least in the hunt. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they have their flaws, but on a given night, I you know they're a dangerous team against anybody. Um, but there's not really ever an excuse to score 48 points unless you really like you're missing players. Your team's been run ragged every other day. You're not handling it as well as other teams. You didn't have an answer for anything Minnesota was doing inside. Um, yeah. 48 points isn't, isn't enough points. It's not not very many points. Um, (laughs) You've got, on the other end of the spectrum, like you've got Seattle going for 100 uh, almost every night. And it it feels like if you you can't score 60, let's say, like the floor should probably be about 60 or 65, then I don't don't know. Yeah, like I said, expectations need to come way down. And and I don't think they necessarily need to be penalized for that because that's our fault as fans for – you know, watching and being like, oh, this team really is that good. Like Connecticut fans, we could probably talk about the same thing, right? Like, um, like they, I think coming into the season before all the weird off season stuff, you felt like, well, we've, you know, we've almost snagged a championship each of the last couple of years. Like, are we finally going to get the players to push us over the top? And then just because of the players they don't have on the court, um, and just the way the season's been going, it really doesn't feel like they're in the mix. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. Here's my here's my take with uh, with Minnesota. I like that they could beat anybody on any given night, and they have, you know, six times so far this season. But I don't know if I feel comfortable taking Minnesota in a series against probably the top uh, against anybody else that's really making the playoffs. I think a series is, is maybe where Minnesota might lack and that. And maybe that's, that might be a strange take, but uh, I think in a one game, one game, uh, you know, early round, they could beat anybody. They could beat Seattle, 
but in a series, I have a harder time seeing Minnesota take that. Is that is that odd to say? That- no, let's let's find out real. Just I'm just gonna rapid fire here. Minnesota okay. in the series against Seattle. No. Minnesota in a series. Okay, to be fair, you could say anybody else in a series yeah, against Seattle, and I'd like, say no. Yeah. With like five or six wins right now. Okay. Uh, or, or more in Seattle's case. Like Minnesota against the Aces in a series. Aces. Minnesota against Chicago in a series. Chicago. Minnesota against LA in a series. LA. Minnesota against Phoenix in a series. That one's close. I think that's going to, you know, whatever, five games or seven games or whatever it is. Yeah, and that's that, that's that's, that's where I started. That's where I started to get borderline, just because I've seen Phoenix hot. I've also seen Phoenix really cold. Yeah, that's so, exactly where I'm at too. Because I think the the Sparks in particular have the Lynx number, um, and that's you know the third place Lynx right now. We don't have them beating any of the other top five teams in a series. Just mm-hmm. it's they're I think they're the underdogs against every team until Phoenix. Now. I, I do like what I'm seeing, especially from Crystal Dangerfield. And I think that um, Lexi Brown's had an off couple of games, but I, I do think that Lexi Brown is going to be a key piece and a, and a solid scoring, uh, a solid scoring like piece to this Minnesota Lynx team. I think that that could really develop into something. I, I think that Nafisa Collier is quietly having a very, very solid sophomore season. Um, and Sylvia Fowles, is in the MVP discussion. So like there's, I, I understand links fans. If you're, if you're upset about my take, like I, I get it because on like you're performing well, I just have a hard time also trying to figure out like who they're going to be in a series. Maybe it's because they haven't played like their wins haven't come against the top of the, of the league outside of uh, let's see, I think they beat Chicago. But I think the rest of their wins have come against teams like, you know, Indiana and New York um, who have struggled a little bit and who are, you know, closer toward the bottom of the, uh, of the league. So maybe that, maybe that's what it is. If, if we can get a couple more games with them against uh, like a Las Vegas or a, uh, an LA or, you know, something like that, like, and they can get a W like I'll, I'll probably change my tune. Um, And there's nothing that they can really do to, to, you know, have that change. Their two losses came against teams that didn't surprise me in Seattle and, and LA. So yeah. um, anyway, we're talking a lot about this one particular game, but I, I, I have takes on both of those teams that I wanted to, to make sure that we got out. But anyway, you have any other thoughts on Washington or Minnesota? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not for now. I, I think Minnesota is going to get dragged down into the, missing playoffs territory here almost you know, very I think Atlanta's playing better basketball even though they have a worse record I think Connecticut can probably bounce back a little bit easier than the Mystics can um, and I, I don't know I talk a lot about playoff projections a lot even though we're not there yet but uh, I just I think they're in danger wait did you say oh sorry you, did you say the Mystics are dropping down Yes. Okay. Sorry. I don't know if you said it or if I only heard it in my brain. I guess if you're listening on the podcast, you can rewind 15 seconds and find out. But I thought you said Minnesota was going to drop. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's that's more harsh than I was going to give. These fans will let us know because they'll stop the podcast right there. Yeah. they're like, <laughs> These guys, we're going to get like 10 one-star reviews from all of oh, no. Minnesota. So please don't, please don't. Like I said, we, I, I love Minnesota and the league is better when Minnesota's good. Um, I'm just waiting to see a little bit more from them. The first half of the season, you know, this first early part of the season, they've, they've played a lot of the lower level teams if they can get a couple good quality wins against some of your top tier uh, teams in the league, I'll, I'll definitely be changing my tune. Um, Speaking of, you brought up Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta playing well, they lost by almost 40 tonight. Let's talk about that game. Uh, Seattle and the dream a hundred to 63 and Seattle, (laughs) Seattle wins by scoring a hundred without Sue Bird or Bree Stewart scoring in double figures. That, did you watch much of this game? Were you able to were you able I, to catch much I, of this I, one? I caught the second half when it was already I mean, they were up by twenty at halftime. Mm-hmm. And they, they played at that pace the entire game. 
uh, I I felt for the dream because there's just there's not a lot there's not a lot you can do. Like Alicia Clark was tearing into him. You know, Sammy Whitcomb came in off the bench and hit six out of ten. Like they oh. couldn't miss. Let's they they hit eighteen out of thirty from beyond the arc. They were over fifty percent um, from from three point. They didn't they they missed one free throw all game. They were just Seattle is peaking right now. Um, and I, you know, you could argue that maybe it's the wrong time to be playing this type of basketball, but I, I, I think uh, Atlanta was just undermanned. You know, they, they didn't have Kennedy Carter, which is a big adjustment because she's been the one to carry the scoring load when nothing really is working. Um, and so even though she's a rookie, that's kind of been her responsibility this year. Uh, and, you know, credit to a couple other players for, for stepping up and trying to make things happen. Um, Blake Dietrich had had four of <laughs> four of nine three point shooting for Atlanta, so she was firing away. Um, but ultimately, yeah, this is just it's an undermanned team. Courtney Williams didn't have her shot tonight; wasn't wasn't really feeling it. Um, played a lot of minutes and got a lot of rebounds, but uh, it's just Atlanta at their best. I don't think could beat Seattle on like a good Seattle day. And this right. was really- Seattle would have to play down. And Atlanta would have to play like top level in order to, you know, steal a, a victory here. So I get it, but this was kind of the opposite, right? Like Atlanta had a rough game, and Seattle played. I wouldn't even say Seattle played like a great. Like they played a solid game behind the arc, but outside of that, like it wasn't. It wasn't crazy. Like they had twelve turnovers to Atlanta's fourteen. Um, they both had six deals. Um, you know, they didn't like go crazy on the fouls or anything like that. The uh, really, the big difference was just, there was a barrage of threes coming from Seattle, right? Yeah. They said, in fact, they, they tied the, the WNBA record for 18 threes in a game. Like that's, that's wild. And so if, if Seattle, if this year's Seattle team is tying or, or setting WNBA records, in a positive way, you're probably not getting a W that night. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. You're probably not getting a W. <laughs> if you go against a team that you, you probably shouldn't beat and Jewel Lloyd comes in and goes four or five from three, Sue Bird's three of five. We, we mentioned Whitcomb was six of nine. Morgan Tuck was two of three. Like if those are the players that are killing you, and, and that's nothing against those players, but like we said, like Bree Stewart didn't have to do a lot of offense tonight. Um, Sue Bird had a tidy nine points, but you know, they were on the floor, but man, no one could miss this. This was championship level basketball from Seattle. Absolutely. I'm on a night like tonight. Can I just highlight somebody who in my household and in our group chat gets a lot of love. And I think that she's brought up a lot of times on like underrated lists and it's a kind of a weird thing to to say because I think because she gets brought up so frequently on underrated lists that it's almost hard to say that she's underrated, but because you have Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart and you've got rookie of the year, Jewel Lloyd and Jordan Canada, who's, you know, just really blown up in, in this league. You got Sam Bam off the bench. Not enough people talk about Alicia Clark on a regular basis. And I have to, I have to just give her some cred right now. She played a great game tonight, 16 points, four assists, uh, really solid. But here's her last six games, 16 points, 12 points, 11 points, 13 points, 13 points, and 11 points. All of those games, she's also only getting like one turnover, sometimes zero turnovers. And all those games, she's also getting, you know, four or five rebounds and three or four assists. She's playing really, really solid basketball. And we just, we actually talked about her just, recently right her field goal percentage um was that on mic or i think that was on mic. i can't ever remember we talked a lot before we record and then we talked you know during recording that she's shooting over 50 percent in every game except for their very first game you know she went seven of nine tonight like i just got to give it up again for alicia clark who i think quietly is having just an extremely solid season um and just just giving all my love to to Alicia and her performance. I'll I'll be honest when when you were leading up to like this player is underrated. I was like this could be any one of like three players on the storm. It's true. Could be Sammy Whitcomb, like, uh, Magbagor. Like yeah, yeah, there are all these big names that you know. Like we haven't even talked about Natasha Howard, who's been an all star. Like yeah, like, she was an all star. Yeah, 
And then there's like Alicia Clark is underrated. Sam Bam's underrated. Ezzy Magbagor has been underrated. Like as a rookie, she had a really good night tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Canada like is the future of this team. And she's still just waiting. Like, like you guys all like, like she's the next jewel Lloyd, but she's just, you know, I'm just Jordan Canada. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm just waiting, just waiting. You know, Okay. <laughs> it's so true it's so true the seattle team i feel like is going to be very good for probably unless there's some crazy off-season moves seattle's going to be solid for the foreseeable future they're going to be i could see them winning two or three titles in the next six years like they're very good the seattle like second unit right now would go toe-to-toe with the bottom five teams in the league like yeah i i would agree with that just ran like a six woman rotation mm-hmm. starting with if you like, yeah if you had uh magbagor canada whitcomb uh and then you throw in you know either mercedes russell morgan tuck or crystal langhorn in that mix yeah uh, yeah that's a that's a that's a, not a bad team at all <laughs> that's a, that's i i don't think a lot of teams would be upset if that was your bench so love it um Okay, uh, I think enough's been. I think enough's been said about this. Seattle is very good. We should just put that as like an underscore tagline on almost every exactly episode that we're having right now. <laughs> Seattle's very good. Parentheses again, right? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the title of this episode is going to be. We'll find. We'll find out here in just a bit. But <laughs> um, let's let's talk. Um, let's talk Sparks because again. I feel like I don't give them enough love. The Sparks played a very solid game, had five players in double figures. Um, you know, Candace Parker going out and, like I said, she didn't have a fantastic game, but she's still, I mean, 16.6 rebounds, four assists. That's not bad. That's not bad. Two steals. Um, overall, had a really solid outing against the Liberty. Um, Jasmine Jones kind of was the story for the Liberty. She, she uh, came off the bench went eight for 16 and dropped 24 points. Like that's a really solid performance. Um, really cool to see her kind of uh, take control in this game and, and, and start to turn some heads her way. I think that was kind of fun to see. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see her getting maybe a starting role or some extra minutes after, um, after tonight, after that performance. So um, yeah, really solid. What, what's your, what was your take on this game? The Sparks Liberty? Uh, I was, kind of surprised to learn that this was the Sparks' first back-to-back win of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was interesting, but uh, certainly well-earned. Um, it's nice to get contributions from Raquana Williams and um, have her have a nice night. Uh, Candace Parker continues to... like the, This season has been so interesting because even though it's so short, we have so many uh, we have so many legendary players sitting out, but there's also legendary players still playing. Candace Parker moves up to 14 on the all-time assist list in this game. Um, just cause we, it feels like almost every night somebody's moving into like the top 12 or 15 of a single stat, um, which is just insane. Um, how much talent <laughs> right now, like that's, I don't know how long that's going to go for, like, like looking like the, taking the big wide view of the future, like, like in the NBA, all time records don't fall often. Like Carmelo Anthony just jumped to like number 14 on the all time scoring list. And it was like a big deal. Um, and like I, that sort of thing happens like every night in the NBA feel like, like, like since we've been doing the podcast, uh, Sue Bird has grabbed the assist record. Uh, Sylvia Fowles last week got grabbed the, the rebound record. And well, we had Brunson and then Fowles, right? right? Like both. Um, and then, uh, we were in Phoenix and we got the bobbleheads for DT, uh, securing the, the all time, uh, scoring record. Um, and then, and now we've seen Seattle like tying the record for most threes in a game. Like the the record books are being written by players now who will be legendary a generation from now for like laying the foundation. So it's you know, Candace Parker is one of those players uh, to get back on track here. <laughs> um, and so anytime you know she has a game like uh, she did that night, I think it's fun. Uh, the Liberty continue to just kind of be listless without Sabrina out there. Um, Jasmine Jones a really good game, but not not anything surprising in this outcome at all for me. Um, no, I'd agree with that. I think that uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Candace Parker is going to forever be etched into like WNBA lore. And I think a lot of people are, um, you know, she's someone that is just, I don't know, has been the face of a franchise and, and been one of the faces of the league for so long. Um, you know, and it's, it's not been without it's, you know, there's been some, uh, and not necessarily for on her end, but you know, there's been some things that have brought up her relationship with USA basketball and um, kind of, if you remember last season, kind of the, you know, the end of the year, there was kind of that weird her versus Derek Fisher, you know, like she was yeah. sat like the whole second half, basically, you know, in a, in a playoff game, like that was kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing. And so there's been enough of that to like keep some intrigue, but Candace Parker, like hands down, I agree. Like I, it's fun to watch her at this part in her career. She's starting to approach the twilight years of her career. Um, it's, it's still a blast just to see her movement on the court is so smooth. She's, she's a player who is just so enjoyable to watch her play basketball because she can play any position on the court. I love it. Um, I gotta, I gotta bring up, I got to bring up Dallas and Connecticut. Now Um, we talked about this potentially being our, uh, you know, the one that you could say was maybe an upset. Um, But Connecticut finding a way to win again, which is solid, which is good. That's what, what's what we're hoping to see, you know, Connecticut, you know, coming around playing a little bit better. Um, January getting some minutes in the game. Didn't, didn't get any buckets. Uh, but, you know, came out with three assists and, and had some pretty solid minutes there and, and managing managing the floor out there for Connecticut. Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas dropping 18 and 17, respectively. Uh, Jasmine Thomas with 10. Like, it, pretty good game from Connecticut. But I'll say this. This type of Connecticut performance would lose them a lot of other games. Does that make sense? I think the Connecticut played good enough just barely to beat Dallas, but probably not good enough to beat probably eight teams in the league right now. And I ended up, so that's, that's kind of my take because I mean, Dallas didn't play great either, but they didn't play, they didn't play terrible. I mean, they shot 42% from the field. So I mean, they they did okay. and went 11 of 12 from the free throw line. They had a decent game themselves. In fact, they, they out rebounded Connecticut. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they shot really well. Like it was a decent game from, from Dallas, just not enough to, to put a W together. So um, what were your thoughts on, on this game as, as kind of things unfolded? I, I had a bad feeling about it just because uh, Dallas was the reason Connecticut got their first win a week or so ago. Um, and I just, I, <sighs> Dallas is another team you can't trust to hang on to a lead late because they're still so young. They they have one veteran on the team and then a bunch of other players who are learning what it's like to play every night or every other night in this league. Um, and they're talented, and I'm excited to see where they go. And I'm I'm just as excited to watch Dallas play basketball as I was at the beginning of the season. But this is <laughs> – I, I feel like every time we talk about Dallas, my takeaway is like, that's going to happen when – when you got that many rookies and that many new players in the uniform uh, and you go against a team like the sun, that's, you know, desperate for a win knows they can beat you. If, if they, uh, if they're able to hang around and Dallas, let them hang around late and ended up coughing up the lead. Um, and I, it's just, it's what happens. It's the, the circle of life with, with WNBA teams is when they're young, <laughs> like kind of get taken advantage of the teams that know how to find. I've got the lion King playing in my brain right now. What's that? I said I've got the Lion King playing in my brain right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, they were not prepared, uh, and Connecticut was because they've been there so many times before. Um, wasn't super shocked by this one. Uh, and a, 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 the last seventy-two hours, forty-eight hours have been interesting because I really thought Connecticut was going to be the one that faded uh, early on out of the playoff hunt, and now it feels like they're scratching and clawing their way back in, and the Mystics are kind of being shown the door a little bit (laughs) mystics are in a tailspin yeah Yeah, so uh you know that's this is sort of one of those games that's gonna be indicative of like who's got the inside track on maybe that last playoff spot by the end of the year 
Um, and mm. right now it's Connecticut's to lose, but I, you know, Dallas has time. I, I like, I like what I'm seeing at times from Dallas, but overall, I think that a lot of their new pieces have kind of been a little underwhelming. We haven't seen a lot from Katie Lou Samuelson. Sabali hasn't really put together too many really solid games. I mean, she had nine rebounds tonight, but you know, she went two for nine shooting and came out with five points. Um, you know, which pains me again. She was my pick for rookie of the year, right? But just uh, it's it's tough. She hasn't really got her groove uh, going yet. Uh, Kayla Thornton struggled again tonight, um, but outside of Agumba Wale, they haven't had a lot of consistency. Um, even Bella Allery, right? Uh, another high draft pick that they had, only getting nine minutes, you know, and so. Their one bright spot that I would say is you got to start playing Ty Harris more. She's getting 20 minutes a game, so it's not like they're benching her the whole game. Get her on the floor more. She's performed when she's on the floor, she plays good basketball. Hard, I understand. Hard agree. agree. Like loud exclamation point agree from this. And and I understand you've got a Goomba Wally out there, right? And so Goomba Wally's playing a lot of those point guard minutes. Play them both. Have Ty Harris be that kind of outside threat, and a Goomba Wally is a lot of the time that that you know that cutter that dr- the, the that drives to the to the hoop. Why not have Harris come out and play some of those, you know, that shooting guard, you know, small forward wing type type uh, of of minutes where like Dallas defensively has struggled uh, some this season. So let's, let's start ramping up your offense. And I think Ty Harris being on the floor is going to do that for you. That's just, that's my two cents. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I like what Ty does to the flow of that offense. Uh, and I, you know, I've been team, like I think Ty Harris would be doing in Atlanta, what Kennedy Carter has been doing in Atlanta. With, with the same opportunity and the ball in her hands that much. So mm-hmm. I want to hear in, in games with the ball in her hands more. Okay, last game I, we got to bring up, dude, and that's and that's Las Vegas, Indiana. Um, Candace Dupree – so Las Vegas gets the W by uh, by almost 20. Candace Dupree goes off for, for 20 points for Indiana. Tiffany Mitchell with 14, Tara McCowan with 12, Kelsey Mitchell with 11. Like pretty decent outing from those starters, but not a lot from your bench. Uh, Natalie Achamwa getting in for the first time in a while. You know, it was good to see her back on the floor, you know, ramping up her minutes. You know, she only played 16. Lauren Cox came in for 12 minutes. And actually, I was impressed with what I saw from from Cox while she was on the floor. She had a dope assist to uh, Tierra McCowan that, you know, uh, just as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's going to go like wildfire on Twitter. And of course it did. <laughs> um, so, I mean, not a bad, it honestly wasn't that bad of a performance from Indiana. Las Vegas is good. Like we, uh, Seattle again, deserves a, every bit of the, of the hype that they're getting. This was a pretty solid outing from a fever team. I mean, they shot 48% from the field, little cold from behind the arc. And so I think that, that probably played a little bit in into this, but really like low turnovers only had, had 11 turnovers, like good game from in, from a, an Indiana team. Who's, who's not bad. And Candace Dupree, I think is quietly having one of the best seasons she's ever had in her entire career. And nobody's talking about it. Um, but Candace, Candace is playing phenomenal ball for Indiana. They had a good outing and lost by 20 because they're playing a great Las Vegas team. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Logan? Uh, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed Candace Dupree this season, uh, but it's – I also I, – I don't feel – like these are professionals. They don't need me to feel sympathy for them. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I agree. I'm, it's, I'm trying my best not to hate on teams. Like every every team and every player is somebody's favorite team and favorite player. Um, and I, <laughs> the I think the Aces are weirdly, they're not under the radar. But I I didn't give the Fever any shot to beat the Aces. Hmm. Um, and they there aren't a lot of teams in the league that are just like instant. Like I'm just going to count that as a loss. 
And it doesn't even really have a lot to do with it being Indiana. It's just that I think Vegas is the second or third best team in the league on any given night. And I've said that a couple of times on the show now. Uh, and so it just, I don't know what the fever is supposed to do against a team that's ready to win a championship because that's just not where they are this year. Yeah, that's true. And Las Vegas is playing like a team that's really trying to lock up that number one or number two seed. I think that Las Vegas thinks that, Hey, if we take care of business and Seattle slips up once or twice, it, then it's ours. Then we take, then we take that driver's seat. Right. So I think Las Vegas is gunning for that. I don't think they're just saying, Hey, we got to see, we got to take second right now. That's not the mentality that comes from a billion bill Lambier led team. They had six players in double figures tonight. McCautry went off for 20 Asia will or not tonight. The yesterday, uh, McCautry went off for 20 Wilson had 12 with, 11 rebounds McBride uh, with 15 Jackie young with 17 Jackie. Young, if Jackie young is rolling, this squad is going to be scary because again, she was number one draft pick last season. If Jackie young is gets rolling and plays like we know Jackie young has the potential to play. Look out. Las Vegas is coming. Well, and on top of all that, the, the second half defense by the, I, I think the Aces had a close one against the Liberty. They knew they kind of escaped with. Mm-hmm. Now you saw the defense come alive in the second half. They only allowed 18 points until like the halfway point of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, like the fever just couldn't get anything. And I, it was good enough defense that again, I don't think it was a fever problem. I think that's the sort of defense that every team is going to see when they face this, this Aces squad. And that makes them really dangerous. That's, that's the thing that Seattle does that we don't talk about enough is they've had one of the best defenses year in and year out. Um, no matter who's healthy, no matter who's there, um, they've been able to contain teams better than um, almost anybody else. And I, I think the Aces are starting to get some of that edge after being kind of a bucket-getting team last year, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit less uh, defensively disciplined. So that's something to keep an eye on. It's, it's what's allowing them to play kind of the no-three ball that they've been trying out this year. Uh, yeah. So successful, they've won five in a row. Yeah. I mean, and they, I mean, they put up – they only shot eight threes, but they made four of them. I mean, it was, a, it was a good outing. Good outing for that Las Vegas team. And played against the Indiana team that – I mean, this performance from Indiana, I think half the time gets them a W. Um, but when you play a Las Vegas team on a, you know, on a tear, you lose by 20. And that's just the reality of where these two teams are in, in, in their respective, uh, you know, in their respective you know, camps right now. So love what I'm seeing from Las Vegas, you know, even with, with Asia Wilson, not scoring a ton, you've got five other players in double figures. Like that's, it's a good, good outing for a, a good Las Vegas team. Um, I'm excited to see. I think I, man, if and Las Vegas right now looks like the only team who could get a couple W's against Seattle in a, in a series, I think that they're the best shot um, of anybody right now uh to go you know to to do anything to slow seattle down so be interesting to see uh as as uh the rest of the play continues um but uh that's that's gonna probably wrap up our our main breakdowns of a lot of these games if you've listened to this far into the podcast, thank you. Uh, we want to give you all just all of our love uh if you want to check us out online you can do that logan give them the rundown of where they can find us and how what are the best ways to interact with us you can find and interact with us on twitter at WNBA nation pod we'd love to hear from you there i hear your thoughts on uh the last two days worth of games before tomorrow's game start or if you're listening to this tomorrow go ahead and give us your takes on those uh it it never stops <laughs> yeah uh, again, that's what did we count like f- like 13 or 14 days in a row or something <laughs> yeah, yeah we're on a tear right now uh we also obviously anywhere that you can listen to our our podcast uh we'd love for you to to review and give us a good rating so that people can find it when they're searching to get into the WNBA. uh it helps us get found and get seen and um and add new listeners to our our little WNBA community um definitely interact with us uh anywhere you see us posting uh, on twitter we'd love to hear from you uh we also have a patreon page and we want to thank our patrons for um allowing us to have this show and to to improve it in various ways throughout each season um we've come a long way since 2018 when we when we kicked this whole thing off 
Uh, and it's, it's fun to see what we could do in the future with more support uh, and able to the ability to, to kind of fund um, a better sounding, better quality, uh, more in-depth show. So uh, thanks again to all of our current patrons and please consider being a, a, a patron on our Patreon. Uh, that is not easy to say. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> you went through that. Well, much better than I anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, dude. Um, absolutely. If you want to interact with us and if you are trying to get into the league, maybe this is your first time, you know, checking out our podcast. If you're looking to get into the league and you want to know, you know, Hey, you know, do you have some suggestions? What are, who are some teams and players to watch for? Hit us with a DM. They're always open. We're happy to talk. Um, if you have any hot takes that you just want to get off your chest and you want to have a sounding board, hit us up, hit us up. We're always, we're always here to, to listen to some hot takes and, uh, and some, some uh, some spicy uh, thoughts. Oh, we're we're super down for that. Um, thanks. What's that? Kyle Haywood, send us your spicy thoughts. That's send us spicy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's my tagline. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, that's that's about all we've got for tonight. We just want to break down the last two days of games. You know, each team playing once. We want to give those a little bit more. Uh, attention we'll probably look to record next sun this coming sunday night after we get through because monday we'll finally have a uh, one day break from WNBA basketball and it might be the first time ever since we got into this league logan that i've been excited to have a day with no basketball I, that I sounds that sounds terrible i just i got it i gotta like shower or something dude like i gotta do some laundry like go cut like go mow my lawn you're like i gotta i gotta do some stuff i'm not necessarily excited for no basketball but i'm excited for the excuse to like like eat before 8 p.m like Like, there's always one thing every day that i get caught watching the games and i'm like there's something i didn't do yeah (laughs) i was gonna gonna get groceries uh it's too late to get groceries like (laughs) yeah it's so true. It's so true. So with no games on Monday, that's like, that's going to be my day to like get some stuff done and, uh, and you know, maybe, maybe let my eyes rest a little bit from being in front of a screen and, and not just be consuming WNBA content. So, uh, yeah, thanks WNBA for scheduling that break finally. And I'm sure the players appreciate it. Here we are complaining. Like we're not the ones playing a game every other day. So, <laughs> so, uh, but thank you all for checking us out, uh, for listening, for subscribing, for supporting us, for following us on Twitter. We love this league. We love interacting with you. We know that the WNBA truly is the greatest league in the world, and, uh, and we, we love being able to have the opportunity to cover it like we do. Um, but uh, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you. I, I'm not going to sign off like that. I smacked my mic when I said my name. <laughs> there you go. There's your Easter egg at the end of the episode. Adios, God, everybody. We got, we'll, we got you next time.